0: To self-care with Dr. Sarah. I'm Sarah R, and today I have with me Tanisha Gordon. This is a continuation of our last podcast because we had kind of a catastrophic technical failure uh, where we couldn't connect anymore on uh, over audio uh, on the internet because we live in separate places. And so uh, we're picking up this conversation uh, roughly from where we left off, but there might be a little bit of overlap. Uh, So we apologize to our listeners for that. Um, But anyway, Tanisha, thank you again for coming back on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And just to remind us kind of where we were, we were talking about boundaries um, and maintaining healthy emotional boundaries with different relationships. Yes, yes. And
1: I think we probably stopped off on something around... Uh, boundaries with friends. I believe that's where we were. Yeah, I don't know if you had a... I forgot the specific question you had, but I don't know where you want to start with that one.
0: Well, I think, you know, you and I were talking about it a bit uh, today as well, that there's lots of different types of boundaries, and Mm -hmm. setting these boundaries up can be... It's a balancing act. It's tricky because, and there's different types of boundaries. I think you mentioned uh, last time that, you know, there's boundaries with friends, and those are going to be, in themselves, they can be difficult to maintain, but also it's even more difficult to maintain boundaries with uh, family. Family. uh, And maybe a significant other or partner, and to just recognize, like, what emotional energy you have to give and that the best way for you to be able to give that is by maintaining boundaries. And so I think we were talking a bit about that. Yeah. And, and just how you, you mentioned, you know, a story of, of sometimes where you've set in boundaries, um, with, with friends and, and I liked your story of the wedding in particular, cause you also spun it with something positive, like, you know, no, I can't do this, but I'm going to be there, here and I'm going to support you all this way and I'm so excited for you and when you set up a boundary kind of finishing it with something that's positive doing it with grace and respect and still reaffirming the friendship um, yeah and I think also having valid reasons
1: behind if it's a friendship I think you should be prepared to explain you yeah. know why that is a boundary um and if it's really a friendship the friend should recognize that um you know, and meet you halfway. And I use that tactic when setting up boundaries, not just with friends, but also with work. So sometimes I'll get an email. um, In the past, I'd get emails from partners, oh, can you work on this proposal? Can you do this? And you, if you keep saying yes, or be afraid to say no, you end up literally not having a weekend, missing dinner, Mm -hmm. missing lunch, missing everything, not sleeping. So with my profession, I had to learn how to say no and put up boundaries um, really quickly, like figure out how to do that without ruining my career or limiting my uh, mobility, my career mobility options. So something I learned from another senior person was, you know, okay, if a partner asks, can you work on this proposal? And you know that you already have 50 something to 60 hours worth of work already, but this is a very senior partner. What I've done in the past is say, okay, who in my network, one of my mentees or peers that need the opportunity or need that exposure could assist? Mm. Um, and then, like, reach out to them and then say to the partner, you know, sorry, I don't have the bandwidth, but I identified someone that's going to work on it right now. They're going to send a rough draft to another senior manager, or I will just read the draft and send it to you, but I'm not going to have the bandwidth to do so. So I've had to do that in the past with work. Um, and, and figure out an alternative rather than just to say, no, I can't do it or I won't do it. It's like, I'm not able to do it, but here's my solution.
0: Or if you give a timeline. This actually happened, that story reminded me of a story that just happened to me recently where someone, it was actually um, an undergraduate student, uh, emailed me saying, you know, um, I'm just trying to check something. Could you please get me the files that you use for this? And I was on travel at the time I was on vacation. I said, you know what? I, I can do that, but I'm not going to be able to do it until this coming weekend. Cause I'm, right. you know, out of town. I'm, you know, hiking a lot. I haven't been on my computer that much, but yes, I'll get it to you. Right. And then like the next day they CC'd everyone in, you know, my old advisor and everyone. And they're like, well, we've been asking Sarah for these files, but she's not able to get them to them plus and I was just like what are you doing? <laughs> what wow. are you doing? You know, and so like being it's it's frustrating when you put up a boundary and say, "Look, yes, I can get this to you, but not until this time." Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone pushes back on that in an inappropriate way. You know, in a more positive way, I think like with friends, this sometimes happens. Say you have a really bad time, like I don't know, you know, you you with your sisters and and you know me with my dad dying, you know, something can be really heavy happening and then you have a friend also in need and they're requesting something on you when you don't have the emotional energy to give to them and rather than just saying you know uh, are you crazy look at me right now you Mm -hmm. know uh saying look i'm really like this is just not a good time for me but i i really want to i care about you i want to talk about this you know can we meet next week for coffee i just can't do it right now you know right. or, exactly. and i and i think kind of doing that i think that boundary what i hope to do and i don't think i do great at yet but is setting up boundaries but doing it well with grace and respect and reaffirming the friendship cuz in the on the downside you some boundaries if they're set up like you said without explanation to a friend mm-hmm. or kind of boundaries that are a little too rigid given kind of our societal expectations mm-hmm. um, can be off putting and can actually damage a friendship. I agree. I totally
1: agree. So I think, you know, especially if it's a, you know, wor- worthwhile relationship or friendship, clearly articulating that, I think, um, is very important. I think, too, you know, since we're on the topic, I think what's important with that specific scenario that you gave, I think as a self development goal, becoming more aware Mm -hmm. situational awareness of our own behavior and how, when we are being a drain to someone else or the fact that within that scenario, the person didn't have the foresight or the insight to know like, okay, I am going through something, but she's also going through something. Mm -hmm. So like, let me rest with my thing for now. And then, um, you know, try to engage. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, and this may just be my personal, um, you know, disposition. But I I think if we stop thinking about just, even though I'm saying take care of self-care and stuff like that, like I want everybody else to also think about themselves and like what they can do to help themselves before relying on others as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the, have you seen the let me Google that for you? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Oh, Oh, you'll love this. So there's a website that, you know, say someone asks you a question, especially, you know, at work, Um, Or on Facebook. I mean, this is better on Facebook because you probably can't do this to a work colleague. But say they say something like, what's Planck's constant again? And you're like, okay, you could have Googled this. Like, rather than wasting my email time... Yep. Just because you don't, you're too lazy to look it up. Yep. Uh, so there's this whole website called "Let me Google that for you," where basically you put in the question that they've asked you, and then it like types it out for them in Google, and then puts them lands them onto the first like, Google. <laughs> and then, like, it's pretty awesome. Um, it's I kind of love that actually. It's well, it's meant for this purpose. Um, but, oh you my god! I think you make a good point about introspection because with boundaries. It's really hard because on the one hand, setting them up can like without introspection can negatively influence a relationship, especially if you haven't really thought about it, you know. Um mm-hmm. Kind of this question, say like, how long is it too long to ask to stay at someone's house or to have someone stay at your house? These are things that depend on like the duration of the friendship and what else, the situational thing. Do they, you know, do they have a spare bedroom or are you literally on the couch that leads the only way to the bathroom? I mean, you know, there's all sorts of different considerations uh, Mm -hmm. with these, and each situation's different. But that's why we need to, when we're setting up boundaries, kind of I think check in with ourselves to. Uh, yeah, make sure that we're doing them in a way that's mindful. Mindful, absolutely. And I think, you know, I also,
1: you know, had a situation where, you know, it was unclear going to visit a friend and they wanted um, us to come for an extended weekend, a Memorial Day weekend, a four-day weekend, but they only had, you know, a day and a half to spend with my friend and I and kind of made it seem as though... Because we don't, we only have a day and a half for you, or two days for you. You need to figure out where to stay the the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, is that a boundary? Did something happen? Mm-hmm. Was the friendship actually a friendship? Right. Um. Yeah. May do. Is that a normal boundary that they would have with other people? Mm-hmm. Was, was were we um, imposing? Right. Um. And 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 just trying to understand. When is too much too much? Is a week too much to stay at a person's place or two days too. Yeah. is too much? And I think it really depends on the boundaries um, of, the, of that individual as well as what the expectations are. And I mm-hmm. think to the point that you made around it could get tricky with friendships, I think that's what friendships are about. It's really, you know, you can't rely on one Friend, You know, one friend, and I think we agreed on this, one friend can't yeah. be everything or address every aspect of what your need from a friendship perspective is. But that's where with these boundaries, you got to allow people to have boundaries, but make sure that those boundaries actually fit within the parameters of the friendship and the, the, the fabric of friendships that you're trying to weave. Because right. some boundaries may not work. You may have a friend that has no boundaries, and every mm-hmm. time you guys go on holiday, she wants to sleep with everybody, and like that's not what you want to do because <laughs> yeah. she has no boundaries. And if that's if that's an issue for you, then that may put you in a place where you have to reevaluate the re- the relationship. Or if you have a friend that is constantly, you know, penny pinching and making you feel as though wait. Do you think I want to use you? Like, is that a yeah. friendship you want? And is that actually a boundary versus the person trying to be cheap? And is right, that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think you mentioned is when is it a boundary versus a character flaw? You know, yes. Like When is yes. someone just trying to get out of pain? Like two dollars. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. uh, to which to which most people, this is not actually life or death. Um, right. Uh, and and this happens though. Like I've had this situation happen where literally friendships can be bruised over not like I think you gave the example of like not being willing to split like the tax on a meal or something. Yep, yep, I had that situation. And you're just like, come on, is this is this worth it? And so that's probably more of the like cheap to character flaw level rather than a proper monetary boundary versus saying someone who's like, Can I Borrow, you know, 10,000 pounds from you at, you know, 0% interest for 10 years, you know, that's like, yeah, that's different. You know, you can set up a monetary boundary there where you're like, well, you know, I can lend it to you for a year or whatever. I mean, depending on your situation and the Mm -hmm. level of the friendship. But that to me would be like where maybe setting up a monetary boundary is healthy, whereas versus someone who's, yeah, not willing to split the tip, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it's like,
1: what? What are you, why don't you want to split the tip because you only ordered a dessert versus a dinner is like, to me, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And that's not a boundary. That's just being cheap. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know? Um, so, yeah, yeah. So there's
0: different types of boundaries. I think we talked about there's boundaries with money, but really the big ones are like time, time emotional, emotional, reserve, bandwidth, yep. Mental bandwidth. Um, and those can be difficult. And I love this example of, uh, my mentor, told me this example of the leaky bucket analogy and maybe I've mm-hmm. mentioned this before in this podcast, but I'm going to say it again because it's one of my favorites, <laughs> is that basically in a relationship, and this works especially for um, you know partnered relationship, but could also be between two good friends. when you're walking through with someone in life, sometimes you have your both your happiness buckets of emotional energy and reserve. and every once in a while your bucket might get knocked, something mm-hmm. happens. And, and maybe then the friend or the partner is going to have to use some of their emotional energy reserve to help fill yours back up. And then when theirs get knocked, you help fill theirs up and vice versa. And that's like a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. The problem is when someone has a leaky bucket, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's a hole at the bottom of the bucket and no matter how much you put into that bucket, it's like a black hole where just (laughs) nothing, you know, nothing is going to come out. And, and that's leads to especially in a partnered relationship i mean often with friends like that we just kind of let them go at some point or Mm -hmm. or whatnot but if it's family or or a partner Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of guilt that can come and shame and like well i should be better i should be able to support them more i should be stronger um and sometimes it's just it's the leaky bucket scenario like they need to get the bucket fixed right
1: yeah Um, no i
0: agree because that, that otherwise it's just going to drain you, and then you're not going to also be able to be there for yourself and for others as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's honestly with a lot of people. Because some people, again, I think introspection is hard. A lot of people don't do therapy. A lot of people may not have the time to you know, address some issues, and then they develop this leaky bucket syndrome that yeah. you're talking about. But I also notice that if someone has that kind of um, issue if they're older, let's say they're a parent, they're in their 60s or 70, mm-hmm. you're, it's going to be very difficult for them to clog that hole, yeah. right? So they're just going to have to listen to your old grandma, grandmother <laughs> complain about the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, but you're just going to need to figure out, how do I put up an emotional wall to whatever's yes. being discussed? Yes. Or you have yes. a, f- a friend, like I'm taking a, a scenario off of a TV show, a friend that keeps getting in the, getting back with the same terrible ex-boyfriend and you always have to sit there with her through the breakup through the the issues and it's like that's a leaky bucket yeah and it's emotionally exhausting and what do you do do you just cut it off cut off the relationship or just don't expend (laughs) that emotional bandwidth with her anymore well like how do you handle that and I think that's where boundaries come up and I think Boundaries to your point, we should come up with a clear definition for it. And I think, you know, from my perspective, boundaries you set you establish boundaries for components of your life that could easily get depleted and yes. cause you more harm than good. So, yes. whether it's time, whether it's money, emotional bandwidth, mental bandwidth. Like, if that gets depleted, you are not operating at your full potential, mm-hmm. or you're not able to be your best self, you're not able to be there for your own kids, or you're not able to be there for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. is important in your life. So I think if we put it from from that perspective, we can distinguish between when something is a boundary versus a character flaw, when yeah. it's necessary, and when you need to reevaluate a friendship that is continuously crossing um, that boundary depleting you because they have a leaky bucket.
0: Right. And, and I think this, again, it's really hard with family and with partnered relationships, especially, Mm -hmm. um, because also with the, when something's depleted and the boundary keeps getting, you keep feeling like you just don't have the energy for that person that they need. Sometimes it's the leaky bucket scenario. Mm -hmm. And, and then sometimes also it's just, there's a lot of, um, FOG, like fear, obligation, and guilt, it's an acronym, mm. uh, where you feel it like clouds your judgment. So you can't even tell that you're in a scenario with someone with a leaky bucket, if that makes sense. Okay, because you feel you're telling yourself a narrative, or, and also society's telling yourself a narrative of, my partner needs to meet 100% of my needs, when that's just not reasonable for anyone, At for all. example. Mm-hmm. like Your significant other is never going to be everything. And so to expect that from someone is, is damaging. Yes. It's unfair. It's like you're putting on the weight of the world to this one person. You're trying to get all of your happiness out of this one person and they can't do it. So it's setting them up for failure. And then they're going to feel bad about themselves mm-hmm. because society tells us that's what a, like you should marry this person who completes you and you know, your soulmate and, and everything, right. right? Like this, we have these fantasy tales around this. Mm-hmm. And then, so you can get quickly into this fog where either through fear in the worst case, or a false sense of obligation or a false sense of guilt, we tend to stay in situations or feel more obligated than we are. Mm-hmm. I have um, an example of a friend, actually, that was just uh, in a car accident with, with two of her friends. And she was a passenger. Uh, she, the One friend was driving without insurance. She said, I don't think that's a good idea. The person got in an accident, and now they want to split the cost all three ways. And my friend's like, "Look, I don't, you know, I told you it wasn't a good idea." And but she had a lot of guilt. You know, she had mm-hmm. this fog scenario where she had this false sense of obligation and guilt happening. And everyone around her was telling her, "Look, you were a passenger. You told them you didn't think it was a good idea. You know, uh, what what else were you supposed to do?" Right. Uh, but she is like feeling this this fog, and so to have also, I think when we're in scenarios like that, to have someone that we trust, like a mentor or another friend who can look at a situation objectively of our partnership, you know, if this is mm-hmm. with a romantic partner or with a friendship, where you can really start to clear those false sense of obligations and guilt that t- all too often come in, I think, and, and cloud us. And often this is when boundaries are getting broken down. Exactly.
1: Ex- that's exactly. And I feel really bad for your friend, but that is a... a- a prime example of what happens when you don't have boundaries. <laughs> right now, you're in the financial <laughs> trauma, you're in an emotional trauma, the, your friendship is being strained.
0: I mean, the whole yeah. situation is ridiculous, but yeah. um, the this whole is also thing is ridiculous. What's, what's happening is her friends are not having any introspection. They're not taking on guilt for their actions, you know, which right. is you rented the car, You you knew the agreement, don't let someone else drive it, you know, and it's these situations happen a lot where I think when we when we don't introspect, you mentioned introspecting. I had one more point on that too, was I recently read something about how people would rather like induce pain in themselves. I think like physical pain, than sit in a room by themselves for 15 minutes without a smartphone or anything to distract themselves with. Um, like sitting really sad. Yeah. Sitting by ourselves with only our thoughts is scary to a lot of people. Like, and we Mm -hmm. see this just in all around us, you know, with everyone looking down at their phone all the time and myself included, we just are constantly for every single moment, like even going to the bathroom these days, you know, distracted by something Mm -hmm. and not sitting there with our thoughts. And, And that can be disruptive both for the work environment and, you know, our ability to concentrate, but also our ability to be the best friends and partners we can because we're not having that emotional resilience and, mm-hmm. and introspection into our lives.
1: Yeah, that that definitely has a a big part of, you know, people's inability to do that. That's a really sad statistic. I'm just still pondering that. <laughs>
0: I know. It's, I, I have to try to see if, you know, I mean, if we could Google, but I just remember being really shocked because it was like, you would mm-hmm. rather have physical pain than, than this. To be by yourself. To be by yourself. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I guess it's not too shocking. There's so many people that are so afraid to be alone, so they'll be in abusive relationship, for example. Right. Or yeah. And again,
0: that's the fog. The, the, that's the fog. You know, yeah, yeah. Fear. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a human thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well that was cheery. <laughs> 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 back to self-care. Um I <laughs> I think we can move on to um the other pillars that you had mentioned and also your chart. I want to get to your chart and the other pillars of uh, nutrition and exercise, so could you briefly say what you do for those two, and then we'll at the end we'll kind of talk about uh, making a chart and how you manage that and your nonprofits and we'll we'll go there awesome
1: yeah, so from a nutrition perspective, um, I think that's a very big uh, another pillar of self care what you consume, whether it's right now we were talking about emotional consumption and consuming your friends or your family's issues and and their challenges and their responsibilities. But, you know, what you actually eat, um, Mm. consume is also very important. So about a year and a half ago, I made it an intent to just start juicing and doing smoothies. So I do that every day, fresh smoothies, fresh fresh juicing, all organic, went all organic uh, um, maybe five years ago. And then, what else I do? I got rid of pasta, like, try to eat clean only, eat four times a day at least. Um, And I get so angry when I hear my friends say, oh, yeah, I ate ate once today. And I'm just like, you're an adult. Why are you eating one time a day? Like, there's no excuse for this. Like, if you're in college and poor, it's just different, but (laughs) you should eat more than one time a day. Um, And just really trying to balance out what I eat and read more about food. And the good thing is that my best friend is totally into food. She has all these food books, so she does half of the research and I listen to her. <laughs> um yeah. but you know, make sure I get, you know, eat spinach every day, broccoli every day. Just making sure I I eat more vegetables than um make sure my vegetable side of my dish is bigger than the carb and the the, the, the mm-hmm. protein side and I eat drink protein shakes and lots of protein. So yeah, nutrition is huge for me um because I also love to have healthy hair and nails and skin, mm-hmm. which is very, very, very fundamental. Would to you, you have all it. of
0: those? You have all of those, <laughs> by the way.
1: <laughs> yes. When I went natural, um, maybe like, um, seven, maybe seven years ago now, maybe, um, natural meaning, you know, I used to have relaxed perm here and I just cut it off and grew my hair out just naturally. So it's naturally curly and sometimes mm-hmm. I blow it straight, but for your hair to grow, you know, and of course I cut it a lot, but I think the first year my hair grew maybe 8 inches. But now my hair will grow 9 to 10 inches a year, and I'll yeah. just chop here, You know, and that's really off diet, and I can tell when I'm doing well and when I'm not. Wow. So So, um, yeah, it's very important, <laughs> it's very important what you consume. I think, and I'm gonna miss that part about living in Europe, being able to get your fresh food fresh at the market um and finding things easier where g m o s are illegal.
0: But San Francisco's got to have a ton of markets around. I sure like hope they do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll
1: be fine. I sure hope they do. Yeah. And, and then from a fitness perspective, you know, that was really hard for me because even though I'm tall and people think I'm an, athlete, I'm an athlete or because I look athletic, I've never actually played a sport in my life in school. It was just always a book person.
0: Can and I interject something? Can yeah. I interject something here mm-hmm. for our listeners? Let <laughs> me tell you, the very first time I met Tanisha, I was like, holy moly, those arms. <laughs> Like so sculpted, so beautiful, and and I think it was one of the first things I asked you about because I'm like it is. I have just lady arms that I'm not very pr- <laughs> proud about. You know, and they're not very strong, and and your arms are beautifully. They're like beautiful. They're just beautiful, and like my mentor has those, those arms push-ups. too, and I've always I've always been jealous. And you mentioned boxing. You know, boxing and, and doing, is amazing. Yeah. So I want to hear how you got your arms, and you also. <laughs> I mentioned your hundreds and also prioritizing exercise. I mean, I have so many questions, but I just want to paint the picture for our viewers that, A, I think we're about the same height, both
1: 5'11". Yep, we are.
0: uh, So both tall, but let me tell you, Nisha's just (laughs) striking. And a large part of this for me is like her amazing arms. So uh, with that Yeah, so the arms really came about (laughs) because I I box. um, So I
1: box at least once, sometimes twice a week. Um, and that if you really want a full body workout I absolutely recommend boxing it's really really good and I used to run but um, when I, I ran for a couple years and I because I'm tall and the running it was just taking a toll on my knees and then I said you know what I need to do more strength cha- um, training so then I got into lifting which is also amazing and then that's when I got into the muscle so lifting and then I have this thing called, well, it's called 400s, where I'll do, if I'm somewhere where I don't have a gym, Mm -hmm. I will do 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 um, seconds in planks, and then 100 squats. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just do it straight through. And it's a really nice, intensive um, workout. But my regimen is four days a week. I'll box at least once, sometimes twice. I lift twice a week, and I do Pilates once a
0: week. What's, what do you do in lifting? Like, what, what, what's your lifting routine?
1: So I love to do circuits. So my lifting routine, very much squats, bench press, um, leg press, really just working. Uh, also, the back. Back is very important. If you really want a strong core, you really need to work on your back and also abs, but mainly your back. So a lot of s- squats, deadlifts, bench press, leg press that's my my typical lifting day and sometimes i use this um uh i don't even know what they call it but it's this thing that you push that football players push and you put weights on top of it and you just run like a whole yard oh, and come back
0: yeah <laughs> so I i'll feel do like those I can imagine it
1: yeah so i'll yeah. do those or i do ropes i do a lot of ropes um if i really want to work my back and my arms i'll do some ropes what are ropes um, you know those big Big thick ropes, um, and you hold it by the ends, and then you just basically sit in a squat position, and you, you, you tug the rope up and down really, really fast. You want to make a ripple,
0: mm. like a
1: wave form with the rope.
0: Huh. Yeah. I have not seen that. That sounds yeah.
1: interesting. <laughs> so that's what I do with my strength um, training, and then boxing. You know, could be one on one, or we do a lot of sparring. Mm -hmm. And then Pilates is really good after doing a lot of the the lifting and intensive muscle work, you know, stretching it out, um, and then working on your core is really additive. So it's really been great. Um, I made a promise to myself because I had a a hard time, let's say five years ago, where I was just not. I work out two days a week thinking that's okay. Then I miss a week and then come back. So I had this very, like, lopsided (laughs) Unpredictable gym schedule, and I was always working, like work always came before working out. And then one year, I just have this thing with myself if I make a promise to myself, that's my self core value. It's like if I promise myself something, I need to stick to it. If I have a core principle, don't do anything to basically deface that principle or degrade it. So I just had a really mental shift, like. My physical health is extremely important. Care about health care. I had so many health um, challenges in my family my older sister having cancer, younger sister having cancer, mother diabetic. I was like, health is very important. I need to stop trumping work over working out. So, my goal to myself is the minimum times a week I go to the gym is three. It doesn't matter if I'm in another country, I will get a gym membership. I was Mm -hmm. working in Norway for five months. I had a gym there, I had a gym in Amsterdam, um, and I still used a hotel gym if I needed to. So gym, that cost right there is just a sunk cost. And I have to go to the gym three days a week. And I've been doing that for two years now. And I never missed anything. I don't even think I had a, I don't miss a a week. Um, And I think we also need, when you do three days, you're just sustaining. But when you get to four, you're transforming. I um, noticed
0: a huge difference from three to four. I think I've actually mentioned this in the podcast mm-hmm. earlier, but and, and research has shown this, actually. You get an increasing benefit up to four days, and five to six, you're not actually gaining a lot. No, no you're
1: just tearing your body down. And yeah. you can go to stretch and do something light or, mm-hmm. and you know, Guys love to go there six days a week, but half the time they're not even doing anything. They're yeah, just we fraternity. know they're
0: just walking around and looking, <laughs> looking at themselves cool, in the mirror. doing a
1: little bit of dumbbells here, a little bit of dumbbells there. Um, apologies to our male listeners of the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we are not, we are not, uh, we're not male bashing,
1: but yeah, no. <laughs> sometimes I'm looking at the equipment. And I'm like, really, guy? Are you going to get off your cell phone? Like, this is not a social. <laughs> I want, I want to use that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of my my routine um, every week. I do not miss it at all. Like if a client wants to do a dinner, it's not going to be on my boxing night. Like mm-hmm. I just don't play when mm-hmm. it comes to that because I realize like I need to, I need to do stuff with my life. <laughs> and yeah. if I am not healthy, I can't do stuff with my life. I can't make the impact that I want to make. I can't help the people I want to help and you just feel amazing it's the best antidepressant in in the market it's the cheapest as well yeah. so yeah
0: yeah for me i have kind of a similar philosophy um, i because i'm a little bit i think i'm lazier than you are at heart so i've really <laughs> hit the minimum possible that i can do for workout and mm-hmm. that's literally just 10 minutes four times a week of intense high high interval mm-hmm. running So like hill sprints, you know, um, or something like that. So it's, if I'm going to do short, like 10 minutes, then it has to be high intensity. If I do longer then you know, you can run for medium intensity or whatever. But that to me is like, even if it's, I can't remember the latest I think I've ever gone running. In fact, I'm still planning to go running tonight and it is... 10 49 uh right now so i will after we're done with this recording this podcast i'm gonna put on my gym clothes and i'm gonna go for a quick 10 minute run Mm -hmm. and i'll do my three hill sprints you know in that run i'll like do a two minute warm-up do three hill sprints and run back stretch and that'll be start to finish 15 minutes it's right outside my house i don't need to go to a gym dedication that's like my baseline and because it's so minimal (laughs) in Mm -hmm. effort like I can't not do it. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Like everyone mm-hmm. has 10 minutes in their day, every single person. That's so true. To me, how I got myself to making sure I was exercising consistently was making the minimum viable effort be something that's 10 minutes from my door that requires no other input like gym or, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, that is maintenance for me. You know, that doesn't get me any stronger or mm-hmm. uh, in order to do that, then I need to, you know, go for longer runs, do mm-hmm. more squats and, and, uh, planks and, and all pushups and, and all of that reverse pull-ups. Cause I'm weak. I can't do a pull-up, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So I add in those things on days. I try to add those in to like make a more comprehensive workout routine
1: mm-hmm. on
0: the days that I have time, but I never have no excuse to do my 10 minutes, four times a week. I love that idea. The busiest time of my life. It doesn't matter if I'm traveling as well. Cause I just run out from my hotel room mm-hmm. and I do it. And because it's the high intensity interval training, it really works. Actually, I based this off of a study cause you know, I'm nerdy and uh, <laughs> the study showed that people who did this workout is 10 minutes, you know, one minutes of like high intensity bursts in there. Um, that it had the same VO2 max increase and metabolic changes happened from that as from running for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. And so there's just a lot of bang for your buck Mm -hmm. that you can get in a short, intense burst. And so to me, I will trade off. Hits are the best, yeah. You know, I'll trade that off. And so that's kind of my minimum effort. And, And I'm all about minimum effort because, again, I'm lazy. And so when I'm training for something like climbing a mountain or whatnot, I, of course, will add a lot more to this and You know, just in general, I try to have a few longer workouts in there anyway in the week, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of my minimum. If I haven't exercised today and it's been more than a day since I've exercised, I will still do that 10 minutes, uh, no matter what time it is. That's awesome.
1: No, I I, I love that. Yeah. Hits are Mm -hmm. like the way to go. I think that they have a better bang for your buck and plus it's like saves your time.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I like the fact that you just created a minimum viable threshold Um, and for me, it's just like literally tricking myself mentally. Like this is as important as like taking a shower and work. (laughs) Like, you know, you you know, I don't know if you've ever tricked yourself. You see, you know, you love, let's say you love eating, um, pork belly. And then one day you go get like a pork belly and you see a little maggot in there. And there's something that triggers in your brain that just makes you, turns you off from pork belly for a while. And that's that's the kind of the same concept that I did. It's like working out is like taking a shower. Like, yeah. would I not take a shower?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Do sh- only in showers? extreme circumstances. You know?
1: <laughs> only in extreme circumstances, exactly. Yeah. So that means okay, um, I need extreme circumstances where I can't go to the gym, where yeah. there's no gym, or I can't do like the one hundred in my you know. room or something for ten minutes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I like what you said, you know, that there's these core values. Um, The way I've kind of, kind of in my own life have implemented this is you don't necessarily need a plan, but you need priorities. Mm. Keeping those priorities at the front of your life is way more important than what am I going to do? You know, the other extra piece of advice I follow a lot is, again, also from my mentor, she said, take care of the body first, like before work. Yes. Sleep comes before work. Exercise comes before work. You know. I love that. Eating good food comes before work. Because if you're hungry and your blood sugar is crashing or whatever, you're not making good decisions. If you're Uh tired, if you didn't sleep, you know, eight hours the night before, you're not functioning at work. And if you're not exercising, your stress goes up and, and all of these things are connected. So to me, it's like keeping sleep, stress, and exercise are kind of the pillars of Mm -hmm. my health. If I'm paying attention to all three of those, then things go along really fairly well. And if I'm really stressed and I, some of them start collapsing, I have to really bring it back to kind of just basic human survival. Like, okay, am I eating? Am I drinking water? Am I getting exercise am i getting outside am i having human connection am i Mm -hmm. going for a run or whatever you know like bringing it back down to very basic physical needs and meeting those first before i worry about any of the emotional or intellectual needs that is causing the stress directly right right no i i i like that thought process hmm um, I'm not as good as you on juicing. I do have a Vitamix to which I love, and I do make juices with it. But I'm not an everyday, nor do I eat organic. But I do do what you. The other thing you said is I try to eat way more veggies than I eat anything else, and I mm-hmm. try to eliminate white sugar and white flour. Yeah, yeah. You know, where possible.
1: Yeah, I I don't even remember the last time I bought flour. <laughs> <laughs> Or pasta, but no, and, and something that I adopted maybe a year and a half ago is, um, and I thought it, I was being clever and like, you know, innovative, but apparently it's a thing. I saw it on a TED Talk, um, <laughs> where like, I eat vegetarian, like three, try to do three mm. to four days a week, yeah. dedicate those three days to just veggies. And of course I have yeah. like one day dedicated to the best desserts i can find <laughs> and champagne you know yeah. but yeah I, I do that as well where i try to get some days where i'm just not eating any animal
0: yeah. um
1: and i call it a flexit. i'm a flexitarian.
0: flexitarian yeah well and you know eating the desserts the fancy desserts it's like there's health food and there's mental health food you know right? right, 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 right. you gotta enjoy what you enjoy but when you remove sugar a lot of sugar from your diet you stop craving it too which is kind of an added Mm -hmm. bonus it's true so it takes but it takes time for that to happen and you know it 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 can be hard to like say no I I realized this when I um I think I heard also from some other women as as we age you know kind of roughly every five to ten years you have to make a nutritional shift in terms of either decreasing calories or increasing your exercise otherwise on average we otherwise gain a pound a year and that over 30 years mm-hmm. leads to an unhealthy weight. And so nope, I agree. I've had to do this recently and cuz I was about 5 to 10 pounds more than I've, you know, been my whole life. And let me tell you, Tanisha, mm-hmm. saying no to myself to not eat like as much as I usually eat and just reduce my calories by a little bit for the first day it, mm-hmm. was, it was like pulling teeth. I was such <laughs> a baby. I like, but I'm, I was like, but I'm hungry. I want food now. Oh and it took, me like, it took me like six months to actually do it because I mm-hmm. would just always cave and I wouldn't do it. And I just like wasn't, you know, I was still staying at this weight that was like five to ten pounds heavier than I had been. And it took me w- oh many months to finally just sit through that uncomfort for literally one day. And then Aww. my body adjusted to it and it wasn't hard anymore. And I'm like, why? And I had a lot of sympathy then for people, you know, because <laughs> like, I've never had to diet before. And, 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 and so, like, I suddenly realized, I'm like, oh, this is why it's really hard because hunger is a huge, like, it's motivating
1: huge force. Right. <laughs> it's so um, mental. Yeah, but your body will adjust quite quickly.
0: And realizing how quick then made it easier in the future to make those changes, if that makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah. re- looking back at myself and being like, really, Sarah, you couldn't go for four hours? Four <laughs> hours without a snack? Like, okay, you know. But you
1: know what's really satiating? Like, if you have a sweet tooth, because, I, you know, I love certain desserts, macarons specifically, but, or, <laughs> and chocolate. And, you know, during that time of the month, women tend to crave chocolate. But if you get dates, and oh, this yeah. is the trick You're craving chocolate? Just eat a date and literally, give it
0: five seconds and the the craving's gone. Dates are amazing. Also, dates. The have you ever had the yellow, really moist dates from? Ooh, no. You need to find these. I was in Abu Dhabi giving a talk right before or right after the wedding, actually, that I met you, and I found the best dates of my entire life. I have never had such good dates in my entire really? existence, and they're yellow and they're really moist. So try going into a specialty, you know, kind of Middle Eastern date sort of specialty shop. They exist.
1: Okay, okay. certainly I'm San definitely to check that out.
0: Get the yellow ones and get them when they're really moist. And oh mm-hmm. man, it's it's. it's a delight it's a delight unlike anything you've ever had it's so good (laughs) (laughs) it's so good (laughs) all Um, right well we're we're gonna need to tie this up but i wanted to get to your chart you know because you made this awesome chart that you sent to me i'll tell the readers kind of what the main things are so they can make their own chart because i think it's a really good idea so you have different categories Mm -hmm. um you know health spirituality career education relationships passion and path financial giving back and then you have kind of a goal within each of those and your objectives, and then um, KPI, which is what is it again? Uh, key performance indicators <laughs> key performance indicator, <laughs> and then comments on how it's going, and then you mark yourself with like changing the color of box in a spreadsheet based on how you're doing with like green, yellow or red. So yeah. so tell me about this because it's, I think, a great idea and something I plan to implement now.
1: Yeah. So because I'm a consultant, we like to track things. And then, you know, I was looking back at certain years and I was just like, you know, I am i don't feel as though like I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And I was like, what do I want to accomplish? And then when I wrote it down, I was like, I need to have a balanced um, perspective on myself and what makes me happy and what's important components of my life. It's not all career and it's not all gym. So, you know, when I wrote it out, it was health, like, what's my goal for health? And it's my goal, my overall life goal is to live a healthier life. And in spirituality, mm-hmm. I said, my goal is to align my mind with my spirit and build a stronger connection with God. So mm-hmm. I did that for each career education. And education is really just like some of my passions, it's like seek knowledge and learn. And I like physics. And I like things <laughs> around data and modeling and data ar- architecture. So Reading and, like, consuming those
0: things. Not just reading. You're reading quantum gravity. I just... For the (laughs) listeners. uh, This is another reason why Tanisha and I connected, because she was asking me about quantum gravity at a random lunch for the wedding and I was like but you're a consultant and what and what's your background how do you even know what these things are (laughs) so so she's reading uh relativity and taking online physics courses and watching physics specials in her spare time along with boxing saving the world running a nonprofit, which we'll get to again um you know
1: but if you if you map it out, you will find time. Like when I'm traveling for work on those airplanes, I bring my quantum gravity book. I'm reading Three Body Problem Now because yes. you recommended it. It's and that's fun. actually a it's really a good fun, book Fox. if you love physics as well. Yes. So, you know, that's on here because I had I always loved <laughs> physics, never took any classes because I was like, I need to keep my GPA up but as an adult <laughs> as an adult like i just really like it and i understand the concepts of course i can't i'm not a real good mathematician so don't ask me you know the 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 math or any of the other you know tactics behind it um so i was just like if i like this i need to make time for it and yeah. the only way i can make time for it is if i hold myself accountable so i put it in here as a mm-hmm. as an item and like even Things like relationships, be a, be better connected with my family and build lasting relationships. And I then had to think about like how I was connecting with friends and how I was connecting with, with people I was dating or um, how do I connect with my family. So just put all of those things um, in. And then what the KPIs are, the key performance indicators. So one, for example, for the health section is work out three times a week minimum mm-hmm. Go skiing, go hiking, mm-hmm. you know, do a dance class, boxing mm-hmm. class. Of course, I met all those metrics, right? Yeah. Um, and then on the latter part of the of the spreadsheet, every month, what I would do is I will go back to this and say, okay, have I done any of these things this month? And then I will write a comment about what I was doing um, for that month. So it's like giving yourself reviewing how you're doing every month, and then the mm-hmm. end of the year, which now we're coming up at the end of the year. Then you come back and you look at everything that you've done or didn't do. Mm-hmm. And then, as you can see, Sarah, I have a lot of reds. Now I see what I need to prioritize for next year. Yeah. yeah. Um And work on those things. Like, writing more, right? I'm supposed to be writing some sci-fi books and I'm not
0: doing that. Which, <laughs> is, which is how we are all soul friends on right. that note. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and something hopefully we can go forward with together.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then you create your New Year's resolution based yeah. off of how I'm performing on these things.
0: I think... For me, I might find this level of spreadsheet overwhelming because there's mm-hmm. about, I don't know, 30 rows or something here. Because I'm crazy, of, Sarah. You of key performance. Well, you're also very <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but the key <laughs> performance, you put me to shame, the key performance indicators, There's the, the key with them is they're very clearly very detailed, so you can get a clear indicator of whether you've done it or not. But there's a lot to track. And so one thing that I was thinking for myself is there are things that I want to change But just focusing on like one a month, like trying to implement them Mm -hmm. rather than like all at once in January, you Mm -hmm. know, focus. I really want to involve more of a daily writing routine. So and we had talked about this, like implementing something that's a minimum viable effort, you know, like five or Mm -hmm. ten minutes, you Mm -hmm. know, once a day, something that's so easy that I'll at least cross that threshold. Right. And just focus on that, because otherwise, I don't know like you try starting all the balls and they all come falling down falling down unfortunately you know? how, how how it seems like you do fairly well just diving in with all of them or did this build up slowly or how did you, you um
1: know? let's see well i just so the first two i so of course i started on the first two mm-hmm. um and then i just tried to the first two months i just did whatever i could and see, saw what was coming up naturally in my natural routine okay. so yeah. Um, and then I tried to tweak along the way. So of course, with spirituality, that one was a little harder. I was listening to certain stuff. So then I tried to tweak along the way with working out. I already had a good, <laughs> yeah. good system in place. But I, a part of the healthy category, I wanted to switch to more natural products. Right. So yeah. then I put like, use natural deodorant. So mm-hmm. switch off of that. And I had this thing with NyQuil. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I had to put <laughs> it see, on there.
0: There's an LOL associated with NyQuil (laughs) (laughs) entry, just as an FYI.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to, like, stop taking, like, these, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, (laughs) but, like, I need NyQuil in the Netherlands when I have a cold, and I love NyQuil, because if I feel a sneeze coming, I'll just drink it, and then I'll be cured.
0: But I wanted to
1: start living a healthier life, and I know that's not good.
0: well I don't know I mean is NyQuil that I took NyQuil last night because I'm I'm sick I (laughs) don't think you know
1: what I do I will drink a whole bottle of NyQuil in three days to get rid of NyQuil
0: okay well you're crazy right so that's (laughs) it's not okay (laughs) yeah no like my NyQuil bottle has lasted well over a year but
1: never (laughs) I would need three to four bottles a year no (laughs)
0: So, no. It is it is a miracle drug though. Like it, it attacks all
1: the, all the symptoms. It's amazing. It's actually amazing. All the
0: symptoms. <laughs> you know, it's, amazing.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. especially in the Netherlands, because what they do is if you have a cold, they give you something for sneezing, then exactly. something for runny Here too. nose, and something too. for. I hate it.
0: And you hate can't it. combine them because they all contain like Advil or paracetamol in them, or you know the pain stuff. So it's always it's always the pain thing with the runny nose, and then you have the cough with the pain. But you can't take it. them both together because then you'll overdose on the ibuprofen side of things. But you need like also the runny nose with the cough. It drives me up the wall. You
1: know? And that's why there's no. That's why we have NyQuil. <laughs>
0: that's why. That's why the U.S. has bestowed the world with NyQuil. It's right. American it's thing. like the best
1: medicine ever.
0: And nearly every American I know that lives abroad, this is one of the key things they buy when they're home. Like, not yep. just, you know, NyQuil, any of the cold, whatever your favorite, you know, mm-hmm. the smattering of cold medicine is, that always comes back with me on the plane.
1: I know. It's hard. It's a struggle. As you can see, it's a struggle here, so.
0: <laughs> but other things are nice, you know, fresh food, vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, there's right. trade-offs. <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of the the basis of it, and of course this was just you know working draft. It'll I'll probably design it better next year, similar to what you were saying, like focus on you know three things first, and then another three things, and Add or things one in. thing at a time mm-hmm. for one month. But
0: well, I like it. Yeah. I really like it, and I I like how you have these, yeah, how you also check in with yourself and and. Not in a non judgmental way, it seems because you're being very honest. You know, you have red boxes, you have green boxes, you have yellow
1: boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I try to make the reason why I have KPIs, and it seems overwhelming, but it's very hard to say, okay, if you want to be healthy, what does that mean? Like, I needed to get tangible things. Like, if you want to, you know, basically be more spiritual, what does that Mm -hmm. mean? You know, mm-hmm. and for me, I said, okay, let me say one thankful prayer a day. And I could be saying, oh, I'm really thankful for my great health.
0: Mm-hmm. And, the, you know,
1: just making sure you're keeping your spirit up.
0: Do you know the gratefulness um, texting service, which will text you every day at a time really? you set? And it says, it's only for U.S. numbers. I highly recommend it when you move back to the U.S. And it'll mm-hmm. send you a message saying, Hey there, what are you grateful for today? And then you reply back to that text. And then at the end of the week, they send you an email with all the things you said you were grateful for that week.
1: Oh, wow. I actually did something different. So, and I, this one said I was supposed to do it with my metric said once a day, clearly that didn't happen. that, that lasted maybe two months or something, <laughs> but I have a big jar and I would write like <coughs> things that I'm grateful for or thankful for. And I Fold it up into little um, pieces of paper, post it notes, and I put it in this jar. And then mm. what I'm going to do for New Year's, I'm just going to read everything I was thankful for for the year.
0: Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that.
1: See, see some reoccurring themes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so if you're interested in the texting service or for our listeners, it's called gratefulness.io. Mm-hmm. And if you Google Great that, goodness. that'll oh. that'll get you the thing. I really like it because it's nice to see. Sometimes even within a week, we forget the good things that happened to us Mm -hmm. that week, you know, and you get to the end of the week and you're like, oh, um, yeah, it was actually a lot of good things happened. And I don't know. It it also just reminds you to do it because it's sending a text to your phone. So I like uh, that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. Definitely going to do that. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. But I wanted to briefly mention that in addition to being all of the things that you've now heard from Tanisha. Uh, sh- you know, including amazing arms and running a very you know <laughs> successful, <laughs> uh, being successful businesswoman. Could you tell us briefly? You run a nonprofit as part of your giving back pillar of self-care, where you mm-hmm. give back to others, and it's the Zimbabwe Education Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you mind just briefly describing that for our listeners and where they can find it if they want to get involved? So
1: yes, it's uh, our nonprofit is called the Zimbabwe Education Fund, um, and what we do is we basically sponsor. Um, children in rural areas uh, within Zimbabwe. And right now we're sponsoring an entire school um, in Motoko Village um, called Chimkopa Primary School. And um, what spurred this uh, opportunity for us is that we realized uh, a couple years ago when all the schools were shut down, a lot of the poor rural kids uh, did not have a means of you know, getting their education. And even when the schools opened back up, their parents couldn't afford those school fees, and it was at the time it was like the equivalent to $35 a year. Mm. Um, a lot of these kids had to walk miles with no shoes to get to school. And once they got to school, and let's say they, got, they somehow got their school fee paid, they were in classes with no lights, so their mm. vision was becoming impaired. They couldn't see the chalkboard. If there was a chalkboard, they didn't have desks, they didn't have chairs, so what we came in to do is really just try to take care of some of the basic needs. So we build desks, um, we electrified the school block. We did you know, got the books, um, and even stuff like the desk and chairs. We didn't buy desk and chair. We just bought, bought the lumber and then the fathers and the men of the community came together and, and build a desk and chair. So we get the community behind it. But over the last couple of years, we've changed the model where now, um, we've, taking care of all of those basic needs so that they can um, thrive and actually attend school and we pay for any of the needy kids um, school fees. What we've also done recently is start a chicken farm. And instead of my having to host fundraisers, which is what I used to have to do with my already busy schedule, Um, Now what we're doing is they'll run a chicken farm and the revenue will pay for the school expenses and any of the students' um, school fees. And one of the ideas behind the chicken farm is that the the students will work in the chicken farm because the chicken farm is on campus, is on the school grounds, and they'll learn a little bit about business and they'll learn a little bit about managing a farm. And um, that's the big idea with that part of the... The, the venture that we're starting with the school. Um, right now, we are in the process of trying to finalize that model. And mm-hmm. if you're interested in learning more about the organization, just go on to ZimbabweEducationFund.org.
0: Uh, Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, uh, listeners, we highly recommend please check out uh, her nonprofit. She started that with our, a mutual friend of ours. How many years ago did you start that? um about eight years ago yeah we just direct direct people there to to help support you in that and also i will include a interview that you gave on themuse.com about an advice she was interviewed uh of course because she has such great advice so <laughs> i will also send that out on the um on the instagram and post it in the links with this podcast episode but thank you so much uh, Tanisha awesome. for, for joining us and for sharing with us your tips on self-care